Hello, this is Fred Golsey with Health Innovation Media, and I'm here at HIM 17 with Dr. Kaveh Safave. Welcome. Hey, Fred. Thank you. Good to be here again. It's great to have you. We talked to you last year. Uh, Dr. Safave is the uh, Senior Managing Director of Global Healthcare for Accenture, always has some interesting insights, and each year it seems you release a new report or something, and mm -hmm. you recently released a report on data security. Yeah. A couple of HIMs. One of them is a first time for us, which is to talk a little bit about security in healthcare. So the, the headline is that one out of four Americans reported that their health information has been stolen, and half of those people say that that stolen information turned out to cause them financial loss, averaging $2,500. So take that problem. The next problem is 80% of those breaches came from provider organizations, and only 20% came from all other organizations. And half of the people said the, the way they figured it out is that they were the ones who figured it out because they saw that their credit had been stolen or charges had been made. So it wasn't like they were being told, they're discovering the bad act afterwards. So you have this interesting challenge because it looks like the providers are the biggest hole in the boat from the perspective of harm. What's interesting is if in that survey, when you ask people who's most likely going to uh, protect their information, their view is that providers do the best job of protecting their information, and they put government and payers at a lower level. We've independently done assessments of industry readiness and security, levels of security, and, and uh, what we discovered within health, which is kind of in the middle of the pack across all industries, I'd say middle to bottom third. Within healthcare, the payers, the providers are the worst positioned in terms of security compared to where providers and, or payers and government are. So you have this interesting split, which is that the consumer's perception is that the safest place for their information is with the providers, but the objective data says that they're lagging. And that creates both a risk and an opportunity for providers. Risk in terms of it, it could significantly undermine loyalty, and the data tells us people will switch if they find out their information was stolen. But opportunity, because once this is recognized, it could be an area of differentiation for providers. So this is a little bit of a new area for healthcare. So why is it that providers, given all the HIPAA requirements, the understanding that, mm -hmm. hey, we're going to get sanctioned if this stuff gets out, what, what are they missing? Where yeah. are they not focusing? Well, I think what people are recognizing pretty uh, clearly across all industries globally is that security is a really hard problem, and there are not that many people who know how to do it because the guys stealing are far better than the guys protecting. If you look at other industries, they're beginning to recognize that there are only a few companies in the world that, know, for example, know how to secure data. It's essentially why the CIA asked Amazon to run the data center mm -hmm. because they thought that Amazon was better at protecting. So I think there's a recognition that uh, this is a real highly specialized area and do it yourself is probably not going to be the answer. I also think that there's a little bit of an underestimation right now about the fact that the information that's taken is going to result in actual harm to the patient. So part of the point of this research was to show that it's not just, oh, by the way, your data happened to go somewhere, but you know, no, nothing's really going to happen. $2,500 average out-of-pocket loss, that's a big number. Oh, yeah. That's going to create a lot of anger. And so I think it's, there's a recognition thing that's going to create uh, an awareness and a need to address this problem before they focus on all the other kinds of technology implementations. Uh, one of the things that we're talking, the reason we're talking about it is we really think digital technology matters in healthcare. It's going to be the transformative agent, but there's a rate limiting step. People are worried that if you're making all these interactions digital, you better make them secure. 
And so our view is if we don't solve for that problem soon, it's going to slow down the overall adoption rate, So, which is why we want to talk about it. Well, that's excellent. If somebody wanted to get a copy of the report, where would they go? Accenture.com. Accenture.com would be the easiest way to get it. Fantastic. And the other area that, you, that seems to be of interest this year is uh, AI. Yes. Can you talk a little bit? I think you released a report on yeah. that as well. AI has been really interesting. Um, we think AI long-term is going to be one of the technologies that really changes all industries, including healthcare. Uh, we actually published a, uh, a piece of research across all industries where we describe AI as the new user interface. AI is the new UI. And the point being that it actually can be used to humanize the technology experience and make the ability for the technology to conform the w to the way we want to do things. So a lot of times people think about AI as nothing more than automating a job so someone loses a job. The truth is that it actually creates an experience for people that's much more customized to their expectations and their demands. So when you go online and you, you look at an application and you want to do some work, it's gathering information and knowing about you so that it's really pointing you to only the things you need to do, which is makes the technology work for you as opposed to you searching. Right, so in essence, if you think about it, everybody talks about this, this uh, holy grail of engagement, which is really about personalization yeah. and giving you that, what you wanted, you talked Absolutely. about right then there, and that's sort of the way to do it is through AI, you see? I think it's going to be a material part of it. I think what people will realize that a user experience that isn't smart isn't a good user experience. And then in addition to that, we know AI is used to improve the quality of doctor decision making, and we know that AI is going to also help make the healthcare system more productive. But in addition to those two, the fact that it makes the user experience smart and personal is a really good opportunity. So I would assume if we're trying to use AI for the, to change doctor's behavior, we'd probably want to personalize it to that, that individual physician, how they'd best accept that information too, right? Yes, uh, I think from a, you're right, applying it to the clinicians and the people who are operating healthcare is just as relevant as applying it to the patients and the consumers. Right, so you don't want to just hammer this physician and say, hey, my AI system says you need to do it this way, but give them the messaging in an appropriate yeah. manner, right? Yeah, I think that's uh, it's a really interesting point. The big difference between AI and traditional decision support is decision support is essentially a rule-based model, and it says do X. Right, which is actually what irritates people, right? right. Why do I turn right. off my alerts and my EMR? It, the EM, because the alerts are not intelligent. It's just rote repetition of a rule. Mm -hmm. The concept of implementing AI is that it has the ability to have a better sense of whether that rule applies in that situation. Mm -hmm. Potentially making it less likely that people turn off the alerts and therefore the ones that matter actually get used. So that's one of the hopes. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. And then Last year we talked a little bit about Disney and experience, et cetera, mm -hmm. and you talked about, again, about user experience and yeah. how you look at adjusting your facilities to better meet the needs of patients. Can you touch on that a bit? Yeah, I think um, we talked last year about how entertainment industry, for example, uses technology to personalize an experience. What's really interesting is not that, in, in that case, the technology is part of the answer, but the real question is, what is that experience supposed to be like? What's the design of that experience? And one of the things that we're beginning to recognize that is health is only now starting to appreciate how other industries that think about the consumer are approaching it. And they use a design mentality. What I mean by that is if a healthcare organization says, I want to make a better outpatient experience, the way they would typically do it is they would commission some kind of survey research and then they would build a experience. Other industries would say that what I'm really going to do is follow people through the, the experience. I'm going to see where they struggle. And then I'm going to figure out how to modify that 
which would include technology, but it might include processes. The concept of building an experience based on design versus based on some kind of uh, market research, that's a transition that the provider organizations are just beginning to understand. Fantastic. So what do you see now? You talked a little about AI. Is that really the focus you're seeing or some of the excitement here at HIMSS this year? Uh, I've noticed that AI is kind of one of the it words for HIMSS this year. There's always an it word. And just, you know, the fact is that we had Ginny Rometty on stage as the opening keynote. And, right. and Watson is really about, is one of the front and center examples of AI in healthcare. So uh, I think there's a recognition that this is a fundamentally disruptive technology, more than just sharing of data. It'll have a much more profound long-term effect. Mm -hmm. And we're just beginning the conversation. So I know there's also been some questions with AI. Maybe it's a little early. Mm -hmm. Maybe it doesn't quite get the results we sure. have. I think there was some recent announcements regarding Watson. Is, are, are we still sort of early in that or? Oh yeah, there's no question. Um, there's a concept called a technology S-curve. Mm -hmm. It basically uh, describes the le level of maturity of technologies. And there's no question that AI is kind of in the bottom uprising arm of it. It's not a mature technology yet. What we see with these kind of technologies, though, is an adoption that looks a little different than what people are used to, which is you see this long period of experimentation. It kind of looks like the back of the fin of a shark, uh -huh. where people are just trying to figure this stuff out. And it looks like random experiments, and it looks like trials that don't make any sense. But then the technology works, plug and play, and the business models work, and then suddenly you have very rapid adoption. So it's a trial users and everybody else. Uh, we, we wrote a piece, we called it the gradually then suddenly approach. <laughs> Ernest Hemingway wrote that line actually. How does a man go bankrupt gradually then suddenly? We think that's how AI will play itself out. Well, fantastic. Once again, it's a pleasure to see you here at HIMSS right, 17. And that was Dr. Kaveh Safavi with Accenture. Rise when I gave the word now.